0: Knock, knock. Stay there. there. (laughs) That's, That's right, unknown guests on this episode of Attack of the Killer podcast.
1: Attention planet Earth and beyond. Stay tuned for Attack of the Killer podcast.
0: Hey, what's up, bitches? Insane Mike here with another invasive episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. This is episode 170 called Unknown Guests. This episode is awesome because this be- this is the beginning point of our eighth year here at Attack of the Killer Podcast. Let's hear it for eight years.
2: Woo! Yay. It only feels like six. <laughs> hundred. So we, with this episode
0: called "Unknown Guest," you're wondering. I guess you're wondering what that means. Uh, we will be discussing horror films with uninvited guests within the house, and who knows, there may be one in yours. <gasps> Attack of the Killer what? Podcast is a horror movie podcast where a group of friends get together and discuss horror movies. And do we have some movies to talk to you about tonight? Uh, Before we do all that, I do want to talk about our sponsor, Shudder! Shut up. Shudder. Shudder, for those who don't know, is the shit. (laughs) (laughs) It's the Netflix for horror. Now, you've heard heard the saying, Netflix and chill. Well, I say, Shudder and kill. That's right. Huh? 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 You like that? Copyright. Shudder is a premium streaming service, super super serving fans of all degrees with the best selection of horror. Five out of four killer podcasters agree that Shudder is worth it for any type of horror fan. And you can get Shudder for $4.99 a month or $49.99 a year. So that's, it's, it's, it's so simple. But, you know, since you're here at Attack of the Killer Podcast and we love you, we're willing to hook you up with one month for free. So here's what you got to do: you go to shutter.com backslash podcast and enter our promo code AOTKP. That sounds easy. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, you're done. That's it. That was all you got to do. So again, that promo code is AOTKP. Wait a minute.
2: That's our initial.
0: That stands for Tago Killer Podcast. Oh, ah. God, it took
2: you a month and a half to figure that out. Ah.
0: I get it now. Also, while we're at it, um, we're checking out our podcast. You can check out our podcast network. That's right, the Prescribed Films Podcast Network. It's our very own network that we started um, as a home for like-minded podcasts that have nowhere else to go. Hours and hours of content from 13 different shows, all unique in their discussion. Uh, Such podcasts as Fire Camp, Indoctrination podcast, the Gore Score horror cast, Atomic Weighted Cheese, Bloody Hook horror podcast, or Ble- the Bloody Hook podcast. Sorry, uh, my bleeding ears. The Fiasco Brothers watch a movie. Story by podcast, Land of the Creeps, all about movies and Midnight Snacks. You can check out all of these shows and this one too, even though you already listened to it at the PFPN dot com. That's thepfpn.com. So check it out! Now the network wouldn't even have been possible if it wasn't for you guys, the Patreon supporters out there. And you're like, wait a minute, I'm not a Patreon supporter. Well, you too can support the show! Well, all the money that that we get from Patreon goes 100% back into the show and into the network. So your support will not go unrewarded. We have created tons and tons and tons and tons of bonus material just for you guys who support us through Patreon. Such great stuff as bonus episodes, special YouTube videos, Insane Mike's 1-Minute Top 10 lists, and so much more. So just go to patreon.com backslash AOTKP, that stands for Attack Killer Podcast. Check out the levels and become a supporter today. That's patreon.com backslash AOTKP. Now we should get on with the show. So let me introduce you to the Attack of the Killer podcast Realtor Team, where our motto is, every, where every home has an inbred child living in the walls. First off, his saying is, a man's home is his castle, in a manner of speaking. Tad Good, everybody. Hey, guys. As a real estate agent, he has lots to be thankful for. Andy Wassum.
2: <laughs> All the
0: puns. nice yes thank you hello <laughs> and lastly he sold he sold a house that already had a sprinkler system that won't turn off he says it's a source of constant irrigation jason bollinger oh my gosh wow so bad
2: hey what's up party people thanks for listening you are welcome are we i don't know
0: what happens when you're writing stuff at two in the morning, dude? You
2: have two weeks. Mm-hmm. You can. I still waited to the last wait. minute. Booyah!
1: All I'm right. sort of disappointed. I'm disappointed that you didn't turn this into like a home improvement intro and you know do some grunts and Tim Allen impressions, but
0: so, now we're gonna have to do a second <laughs> part to this. So that. <laughs> that guy <Damn> sucks. <laughs> Genius. Oh well, since since Tad has way better
1: ideas about how to run this podcast than I do, I'm going to turn it over to him. (laughs) All right. We're going to kick off the episode with everyone's favorite segment, what we watched. And I'm not going to be an asshole this week. I'm going to go with someone else first. I will go with Andy. What did you watch?
3: Oh, cool. Um, well, it seemed like I watched very little, but I did. The reason, what took up the majority of my time, I did uh, binge on Daredevil season three. Me so too. So I got that. I got that out of the way. I I I just always liked the show, so and yeah. it's and it's been a long wait, you know, in between the seasons. So,
0: yeah, it's weird that that one had the longest span because, like, the Luke Cage season one, season two, and the Iron Fist season one, season two, seemed like they happened back to back, but it took like forever before the season three for Daredevil. But yeah, what? Yeah. Yeah. What'd you thought, think overall, though?
3: Um, I, th- I, it had good points and bad points. I I thought, but. Uh I knew who Bullseye was from the get-go just by his his accuracy. I knew who was going to be end up being Bullseye Spoilers you know, from the get-go. Uh yeah, sorry. <laughs> well see and I, and I wasn't sure cuz they
0: never it. they never call him Bullseye. I was I'm been meaning to google the um character's name to see if that is is Bullseye's real name in the comics. Because I never knew, so but I assumed it was just based on him throwing shit and hitting. Yeah. people. yeah. I
3: mean, this guy could, you know, he could bank. You know, he could, the guy can ricochet bullets. I'm just like, okay, this is this is one of the the, the guys. And plus, I could tell uh, in some flashbacks, the uh, he was wearing a ball cap, and it was literally the bullseye insignia when he was a kid.
0: Oh man, I. I must have. That must have been one of the episodes I fell asleep during. Yeah, I
3: was, I, I tend to watch things pretty intently. I, I I I tend to look for stuff. You know, what whatever stands out because that's how these that's how these shows kind of tend to work. They they drop very subtle hints until they just flat out tell you. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> what else I watched? I used. I took. Uh, I w I don't know what some lost for words here. I I used my uh shutter account and I watched a movie called Let Me Make You a Martyr. Oh how which,
0: was that? uh it was it was interesting. Um that's, it's, that's the one that's got Marilyn, Marilyn Manson in it, right? Yeah, and he, and he plays a he plays a hitman
3: and he's got like these really uh he's got like these very 80s uh like uh pedophile you know glasses that he wears which which uh makes him even creepier uh it, it was different i mean it just involves a uh two siblings who were raised as orphans by this uh local drug lord and they're just they're completely sick of this guy and because they just had a completely horrible childhood and they're trying to get away from him and i'll i'll le- i'll leave it at that um it was it was it was okay. I mean, it, it had a twist at the end that I couldn't really really predict. I just I just didn't. Things just seemed really odd the way that the story was being told. I'll just I'll leave it with leave it at that. It's not uh, it's not that's not to say that it was bad, but it was it was just different. Um, I also watched a documentary called The Imposter, which is so damn unbelievable. It's actually believable. Does that make sense? <laughs>
2: I don't know.
0: It doesn't, and it yet it does.
3: Oh my
2: gosh! Yeah, <laughs>
0: have
3: uh, have you seen it though? Uh,
0: what's it about? Because I mean, I don't know. I might have.
3: <laughs> well, <laughs> he falls asleep um,
0: through it, all of them, so he doesn't really <laughs> know who's there.
2: I
3: just I just watch a lot of docs, and yeah, I'm I'm a huge documentary fan. <clears> uh, <throat> basically, it involves this uh, kid in he's from San Antonio and he goes missing around 1994 and these these this family that's desperate to find him um, they they look for three and a half years and in 1997 a call comes in from uh, Linares Spain I believe is where it was from and this kid is claiming to uh, be this missing boy from San Antonio And he's got this very elaborate story, Um, but it turns out this kid, this guy, he's actually, he's not even, because the kid disappeared when I think he was like uh, 12, and by this time he'd be 15 years old. And this guy is very, this guy is, you know, he's got a very deep French accent, he looks nothing like this like this boy, but he does everything that he can to make himself look like this missing boy, And he studies him, and he eventually convinces this family in Texas, even with the wrong eye color, that he's their son. And he... Yeah, he lives with them for like four months until they start, you know, this FBI starts, you know, and he comes up with this elaborate story that he was kidnapped into a sex ring and they put this solution in his eyes to change his eye colors. I mean, this kid that got kidnapped was kind of like a rowdy Texas kid. I mean, at 12 years old, he had a couple of small tattoos on his hands. I mean, he even got the tat, this Frenchman even got these tattoos to match this on his hands and it turns out this guy was like obviously like one of the biggest con men I mean he had like you know at least twenty aliases and he kept pretending to be these kids, you know because he had like this really terrible uh upbringing uh there's there's also there's a few twists to this, but uh he eventually went to prison and all this other jazz. And, and now he's married and has three kids of his own, which I don't think he's even remotely close to even being entitled to having children from a moral standpoint for what he did to these, you know, these, these people. But then again, I think these people wanted their son back so terribly bad that they were willing to believe anything that was, you know, handed to them. Hmm. So, I mean, I I checked that out on my Shout Factory channel. I think you can pro, you could probably possibly get it someplace else as well. Right. As uh, on the
0: Shout Factory channel? I'll I'll have to check it out cuz I have not seen that.
3: Yeah. And the last one that I watched that uh was it's probably my my favorite movie as of right, out as of right now was Mandy with uh Nicolas Cage. <laughs> That's even though that I take, even though I know this movie takes place like in the early '80s, like you know, on Earth, it feels <laughs> like it feels like yes, it's on Earth, but it should be like in a parallel universe because it just seems like it's got the way that it's shot and the way that it's uh, presented. It's got such like this dark visceral beauty to it. It's like one of the prettiest horror films I've ever seen in my life. But it's also so batshit crazy in terms of of what's going on. Uh, it's a great revenge flick, and I think Nicolas Cage... He only has, like, one very Nicolas Cage moment in it. But other than that, he's, like, really... He's really, really good in it. And, uh... Like I said, I mean, it's just, it's so. I mean, Guillermo del Toro it looked like he could have done this. Uh, I, I can't remember the director's name that did this, but uh, he he did a a hell of a job. And it's it's bloody, it's it's nasty, and I love the fact that Bill Duke is in it, who is who is the uh, the black gentleman in uh, uh, Predator. And he's got like this army jacket on. I'm just thinking, you know what? If this is if Mac would have just said, "Okay, the hell with this. I'm going to get to the chopper," and he would have turned <laughs> out like his char- He, he would have turned out like this character in this movie, like this recluse living in, um, like in this trailer just out in the middle of nowhere that has like this arsenal of weapons with batshit crazy nicholas cage <laughs> all in all i'm gonna have to sit down and watch it again because it was it's just it's it's such an awesome awesome movie and i highly recommend uh i highly recommend the imposter and mandy if you guys get a chance to sit down
1: and watch them and, and lucky for you it is coming to shutter who's a sponsor of this
2: podcast that is true So good.
1: All right, well, Jason, what did you watch?
2: All right, well, um, finishing off some of Tina's, Tina had, she did the Shudder month challenge. Uh, Shudder put out a calendar of 31 films to watch, and she did it. She did the whole thing freaking awesome. But um, a couple that I saw... Uh, with her was uh, From the Dark, from 2015. It's this uh, Irish vampire film. It's basically just two people and a bad guy. And it's fucking great. And it's um, super different and unique. And uh, very... I don't know, it's, the characters, it's very, there's a lot of solitude, like I said, it's two or three characters, and, uh, it's, it's really, really cool concept, and, and the the vampires in it are basically, uh, light, is what, just any light source, um, hurts them, so... I don't know, they play on that really well in the film. It's super, super cool. From the dark. It's on Shudder. Um, another one I watched was uh, from 1978. I've heard about it a lot, because um, I know Greg talked about it a while back on their Killer Dolls episode, but uh, the film called Magic. Oh, nice. With Anthony Hopkins, and Margaret, yeah, Burgess Meredith. That movie's creepy awesome. one. That movie was fucking great. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Holy shit, that was awesome. Anthony Hopkins was so good. He was really good. And they're all yeah. babies in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> so neat.
0: I uh, I caught part of that movie on cable when I was a kid, back when I was scared of everything and I and I was really into oh, ventriloquists. W- were and still are. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, so this movie ha- had to fuck with you. Yeah. It was the weird. It was just weird. Yeah. it are like, totally I love it with me, but. Well, I didn't watch very much oh. of it, because it, terif- it terrified me, and I don't, and then back then I didn't watch that th- this stuff, but, um, and the fact that it was because, like, it, it was a love-hate relationship with ventriloquist dummies. I loved them during the day, but they had to be, like, in the closet at night. <laughs> Probably a big Dead Silence fan, then, huh? Dead Silence is great, yeah. I, I, that movie is so underrated, in my opinion. Agreed.
2: Yeah, Magic, 1978, Sun Shudder. So good. Um, and then the last one I caught from her Shutter month list was, and this ties into our episode a little bit, uh, Nosferatu, The Vampire. Was that from the From 1979, Kloskinski, Werner Herzog film. Yeah, what would you think of that one? Uh,
0: yeah, yeah like...
2: Like, I, I want to get
0: into Herzog, but I've yet to find a movie uh, of Herzog's that I like.
2: And I, you know, I went and I, I, I read up on it after, you know, and and I, like, it gets a lot of praise, you know, and to hear people talk about the film, they just, they gush about it being so beautiful and, you know, and hypnotic, and and it's, it is, and it's cool, and Klaus is fucking bonkers, and... That goes with that saying. Uh, it's yeah. just it's just so... Uh, and then after, definitely after watching Crawl Space, it's just like, even as Nosferatu, like, he can't not, like, smile sometimes. And it was weird as fuck, seeing Nosferatu not 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 be creepy, but, like, also kind of, like, creepy like a creepy uncle. Just, like, creeping on you. And then he, like, smiles weird. <coughs>
0: his... I don't <coughs> know. Yeah, even his smile is like cr- really creepy. Uh, I I get it. It's just creepy, but I'll take William Defoe's portrayal of Max Oh, Shrek a million times over Klaus Kalinski's. So,
2: yeah, it was so weird. And you know, the everything about it was cr- good. The makeup, the design, you know, he looked cool and uh, uh, all of it was neat and the story version of it was neat and but, you know, I and then I, I no I love slow stuff more and more every day, but it's just, it's not that it was boring, it was just, you just, it say was it's just slow. Just the defi- definition of boring. It was okay, it was okay. I'm glad, yeah, it was my first Herzog film, and I don't know how it, uh, enthused I am to find more, but I don't know.
0: Like, I still haven't watched it all the way through. And I want to really like it, but I keep shutting it off. And that's, um, what's the name of it? Even Dwarves. Uh, the hell's the name of it? Even Dwarves. Anyway, it's a movie he made with all little people. Uh-huh. And it's weird and crazy, but not crazy enough, I guess.
2: Well, then I also watched uh, Halloween 2018 a second time. Loved hmm. it. Loved it so much more the second time. Just what I thought, you know, like, you go into the first time, you're just so amped up, you're just too much excitement to really catch it all, let it sink in right. You're just, I don't know, second time was a million times better for me. Um, definitely definitely get, went back up the roller coaster to liking it a lot. I uh, Watched Jigsaw in 2017. Mm-hmm. Um I liked it i mean i' I'm a fan of the series, and I don't hate on the later ones as much as some. It's okay um but i thought I thought this one was pretty solid. I liked it a lot i mean it's classic uh saw you know, and it's nice seeing him back and and yeah, I thought it was pretty good um and then last night fan it's not horror, but I'm just so pumped up. The fam and I went and saw Bohemian Rhapsody, god dang, it was so fucking good. Damn it! It was. So... I,
3: I I keep hearing really good stuff about it.
2: Gosh dang it, man! Like I, I, well, I'm a musician, so the, all the concert f- scenes in that are like, they pump you up so much. Like the, between the, I mean, and, and the theater had it fucking cranked, so it just <laughs> felt like just the way it was mixed and oh it sounded like you're in concert and then and all the concert uh scenes were very like just um glorious they're just just showing the best things about queen just seeing them triumph in all the ways that they did and god it was just so oh pumped me up so good and then just the story is so sad and we didn't cry a lot i'm just kidding we cried a lot and it was really really good And then, uh, uh, the night before that, Tina and I went on a little date night and went up to Des Moines and saw the new Suspiria. Oh, cool. Man, it was so good. Cause like, what my favorite, my, well, the movie's awesome, but, um, my favorite part was like halfway through, I hope she doesn't get mad at me for saying this, but she leans over to me and she's like, I don't think I'm smart enough for this movie. Mm. Cause it's. It's, I, I'm, I, I like the, I like the original and maybe it's been a little while, uh, since I've seen it, but watching this one, I was like, have I even fucking seen the original? (laughs) Holy crap. Like it's, I think it's, you know, where like a band, when they do covers, you, you kind of either do it exactly the same or make it your own. You know, if you just kind of do it the, you know, like you, you want them to make it their own. Like this seemed like. He took the idea and fucking ran with it. It it seems like I don't know, to me it felt like a wonderful new interpretation.
1: <laughs> well it's like to me it was very much um like Carpenter's the Thing. It's like yeah, yeah they're they're sort of based on the same idea, but there's really oh. other than the, than the <laughs> name and a and a general idea. They are nothing to like the yeah. you know, it's almost like he, he the the you know, the director saw the original and was like made sure not to at all step on argento's version yeah as far as especially i mean tone it's it's oh the gosh. opposite as far as there's not one color gel used you know and it's, it's so
2: different yeah yes yeah, so, i mean so uh, but while i'm watching it i'm like it made me think if i even saw argento's before i'm like oh my god what is happening this is so and it's so out there for most of it um She's trying to figure out what the fuck is going on. I just knew, like, as soon as the credits rolled, I knew, I like, in my head, I just was waiting for her to turn to me and say, what the fuck did you just make me watch? <laughs> but she didn't. And, like, uh, I, she's way smarter than me, so she helped me figure out what the hell happened in the movie, but um, I don't know. I liked it a lot. It was pretty kick-ass and pretty fucked up and um big fan definitely should go see it when it comes around you like it ted
1: yeah i really enjoyed it i i've went up saturday to iowa city and saw it uh we were up hanging some posters for an event at the Capitol this weekend and we i wasn't even thinking it was like the exact same time that the iowa hawkeyes were playing so we were about huh. the only people in oh, the theater watching yeah. it which is great huh. um Heck but yeah. th- the same sort of similar thing happened to us where we got to the theater and Nikki's like, so what are we seeing? And I was like, oh, the new Suspiria. She's like, have I seen the original Suspiria? I'm like, no. Awesome. She's like... If you have to you ask, know, you
0: have not seen the original Suspiria. Right. Yeah, well, <laughs> she was like,
1: you know, I've I've seen it plenty of times, but I I've, I've sort of, when this one was announced, sort of avoided yeah. letting her see it just because I'm like, I don't even want her to go in with any kind of <clears throat> preconceived notion if she... And she hadn't seen a trailer. She hadn't. She had no idea at all. And I was like, you know, as we're going to theater, I'm like, by the way, this is like a three hour art house film. She's like, (laughs) okay, cool, you know. And they have those nice little comfy chairs at film scene. So it was. They have nice craft beers. It was like a nice, perfect after Saturday afternoon. So uh, I wasn't worried about it at all. I knew she would. She would dig it, and she did. So now. You guys, let,
3: let me ask you this. I don't know if you know about it or not, but do you think that they will be making the the whole trilogy. Mother's trilogy?
1: I don't think so. No, no th- they no. won't be
3: making no Inferno or no, no Mother of Tears.
1: No, I think this is like a one-off. This director just did Call Me by Your Name last year, so I think he's mm-hmm. just on like a tour of doing like very. I don't think he would stick to doing. This isn't like a I don't know. This need. is not a. Yeah. yeah, this isn't like a Hollywood. Like he's not gonna. I don't know. Just I don't see it as no. him coming right. back. Obviously, there was a lot of love and a lot, of pretty, you know. Oh yeah. Good budget and everything put into this, but I think, you know, it, I, I'd be surprised if this isn't doesn't get several nominations and uh, he'll move on to something even bigger. You know. Yep. I don't think this is a start of a franchise or, or a sort no. of. Uh, I don't think there will be more after it. I think it's it's. From what I'm reading, some of it seems like the reviews are coming in like um, mother, where people are loving <laughs> it and calling it like an art house masterpiece, and other people are like, this is three hour pretentious garbage, you know? But it's, it's really, a love it or hate it thing, so. Yeah. It's really three hours.
2: It's like 240, two maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Wow. It's so good, though. Oh, my God. What? I hate
0: that. Oh, my God. I can watch two movies in that time.
2: That's good. Yeah,
1: that, if it's it's, uh, I don't know. It's it's a wild ride, very yeah. uh, tense, very batshit. I love it. You'll you'll love it, Mike. I think there's some crazy shit in there where you're going to be like, I can't believe this director who did Call Me by Your Name is doing this as a. It's and a it's unbelievable yeah, it,
2: follow up. Yeah. It's the biggest left turn you could ever possibly make. That does
0: sound intriguing. Yeah.
2: Anyway, that's well, what I watched.
3: Well, Bob Clark did Black Christmas, and he yep. also
0: did Baby Geniuses, so... <laughs> yeah, yeah, but on co- completely different, opposite ends of his uh, positions in his career. <laughs> and he did Porkies. so, I mean,
3: he, the guy... Was kind of like a jack of all trades. Well, well he did Black he
1: Christmas and A Christmas Story, so yeah. Yeah. You know. I love Bob Clark.
3: He was he was awesome.
1: Well, Mike,
0: what did you watch? <clears throat> okay, um, oh, I too watched Daredevil season three. I wasn't going to bring it up, but since Andy did, I, I kind of want to um, put in my two cents. I I thought it was I thought it was really good. I don't think it was as strong as the first two seasons. Um, Agreed. I think the saving grace for me in this season, and like he kind of he's amazing in the other in the uh, in the first season as well, but but he completely steals the show in season three and kept me watching it, and that's um, that's uh, Kingpin. Vincent D'Onofrio as Kingpin. I love his performance as Kingpin. I love his look as Kingpin, but when. Yeah. When there's like a there's like a half an episode that's spent on the family life of this new character FBI agent, I'm like mm. kind of already starting to lose interest, and uh, and then how like uh, Matt Murdock's a whiny bitch for the first couple first few episodes, um, so I was like you know thank God you got like Kingpin in there to 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 keep me keep me uh, stuck into it, but on the other uh, so like I, I feel like there's not it's not a, as strong as the other two seasons, not enough superhero-ness in there for me, um, superhero action for me. But, yeah, at the same time, I could also just straight watch a, a, a complete um, lawyer drama with uh, with with Froggy and Matt Murdock doing lawyer work. So, um, that would be enough for me. Like, the the, hmm. the whole Froggy subplot throughout the season also really um, piqued my interest a lot, too. So, um, But... I- I'm a sucker for all the the Marvel Netflix series.
3: Yeah, I thought the uh, I thought more insight into Karen Page's character was kind of neat too. i I I liked it. Anyway. Well,
0: and a long time coming because we've been hinted at it now for two other seasons that there's obviously something in her past that you know put yeah. her where she was at. But yeah, yeah, and we finally get that. So so yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it's good, but uh, I don't know. It was hard to top the second season. The second season with the Punisher was freaking amazing. Oh
3: my god! Yeah, I I was lo- I was waiting for him to come out in this season to kind of maybe help out a little bit. Yeah,
0: I was kind of hoping like there would be a cameo from one of these other characters anyway, or or Stick or anybody. But yeah, I never got it. And then, but as far as movies that I watched, uh, I only really had chance to watch one, and I mean. I i'm calling it right now i'm pretty sure there's a lot of people that that you know do that head scratch of like is it a horror movie is it a horror movie i'm straight up saying no it's not but i have a friend who saw this particular movie and she talked me into watching it because she needed somebody to talk to about this movie she couldn't get out of her head until she talked to somebody about it and i watched you know, you guys are going to love this, you little A24 fans.
2: Oh, yeah. I, I
0: watched funny. The Lobster. Oh, yeah. It's not a, I don't
3: think it's a horror movie. No, it's more no. of a It's a comedy to me. It's a sci- sci-fi comedy.
0: It's I would say it is um It's Napoleon Dynamite and Greasy Strangler. Uh but monotone, <laughs> because every every character in this movie is so freaking socially 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 awkward. It's amazing. It's a, it's a, it's a, it, I I love it. And like I ge- I generally by and large hate Colin Farrell. I don't like anything that he's in. I, I I'm not a fan of him as not. He was amazing in this. <laughs> he was awesome. So that says a lot. The movie's too fucking long, I'm, gonna say, I'm just going to tell you that right now. It's like a little over two hours. And for the content that's in the movie, it's too damn long. i about 20 oh. minutes, half an hour. Dude, it's just a lot of just like, let's just linger on shit. <laughs> Including the ending. I freaking hated the ending. Yeah, the ending's a bit of a bummer. Well, I mean, but- I, 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 like, I get like... You know art house films and stuff like that, but you know, like, you know, um, you know, there's still there's still this thing in in cinema called a climax, and that kind of you know kind of needs to be there. So, um, but but there's but the whole concept was so freaking weird enough that it it kept me interested the whole time. Um, yeah, it's just I don't even know. I don't even know how to describe it. It's, just, it's such a bizarre world that they created that you live in this dystopian future where you have to be in a relationship, you have to be in a couple, or you get shipped out of the city and you get sent to this hotel where you have 45 days to find a, to find a mate or you get turned into an animal. And it's, it's freaking weird. I mean, the, the, the metaphor was not lost on me whatsoever, though. I mean, at least how I interpreted it. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's freaking crazy. It's a good time, though. Yeah. But the lobster. Don't, don't
3: the uh, guests, they get, like, extra days if they go and hunt other people down that are trying to escape? They get, like, extra time to find another mate if they kill other people. I'm
0: trying to remember something like that. Yeah,
3: it's it's something along those lines, and you know, I just remember John C. Riley, you know, toting a shotgun at Colin Farrell, you know, saying, "You're my best friend." I was like, "Well, I wouldn't say you're like
0: my best friend." John C. Riley stole the show. I mean, he kind of steals the show anything he's in. But he was my favorite part of this movie. There's a there's a moment in the film where um, John C. And again, everybody's really like socially awkward and monotone. They all speak rather matter-of-factly, extremely matter-of-factly, and um, there's a moment where they're talking, and they and Colin Farrell and John C. Riley getting into this fight, and it's the fucking funniest, like bitch-slapping fight choreography I've ever seen. They're just <laughs> kind of like flapping hands at each other. <laughs> it's so funny. So. Um, now,
3: but didn't uh, the same director of this film do The Killing of the
0: Sacred Deer, which I hear really good things about, Yeah, which I have not seen. Yeah, the same director, and I still haven't seen
2: that movie yet, either. It's good,
0: so. Well,
2: I'm just glad you're getting some more A24 under your belt. I knew you would. Yay. I knew you
0: would. Well, that's what I watched.
2: What'd you watch, Ted? I watched Aspiria.
1: It was good. That's pretty much it. <laughs> oh, my god! <gosh>, whatever. <laughs> No, it's really, I watched, I guess I watched The Lost Boys the um, night before Halloween, I think, which I love that movie, but I don't need to talk about that one, um, and I haven't really had time for anything else. Monday nights are my only nights off, so I haven't haven't been able to watch anything else but Suspiria, so.
2: Nice. I forgot to tell you, I watched the uh, first three episodes of History of Horror, yeah. Yeah, that show is awesome.
1: Yeah, I I was actually just watching episode 4 before uh we were we started recording. No. I almost finished it, so.
2: Now
0: where is it streaming anywhere?
2: Yeah. On we,
1: demand, I think that's how I AMC we, on demand. Yeah, we
2: uh we got the AMC app unlocked so that Ooh. we can watch it. Sweet. I'm going to totally watch screen. that. We'll see you guys later.
1: Hey. <laughs> yeah that's what we
0: watched well sweet that was fun but wait there's more fun to come we're gonna talk about movies where like there's an uninvited guest in your house so we got you don't know he's there that's right so we got our list uh, our list of
1: movies um uh tad how would you like to start I'm going to start off with the movie I suggested. I figured as much. (laughs) And I want to just get into it because I totally, totally expected, like, I I was almost doing this one as a prank on you guys, like, as Uh revenge for all the garbage you made me watch, but I (laughs) was pleasantly surprised by this. Hider in the House. Yeah. Made 1989. I thought this was going to be unwatchable, and it's slightly watchable. Um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Gary Busey, I, I'm not sure they told him he's in a movie. I think they just put him in a nice <laughs> neighborhood and let him go. Uh, the the story's pretty simple. This um, Gary Busey's a, a himself, um, and he's a, a really creepy older man that uh, was apparently abused as a child. He's sort of is seeing some counseling, but he is hiding in the attic of a normal family and he sort of, wa- I mean, he watches them all the time, listens to them all the time. He starts off sort of, I guess, sort of innocently, and as the movie <laughs> builds, it gets creepier and creepier. As he um, kills, or he, I mean, he, he kills an exterminator. He he just he he's it starts. It starts to getting weirder and weirder. But he's living the. the Female of the house is Mimi Rogers. He starts falling for her, has a thing for her. Ends Maybe. up, yeah, ends up, uh, you know, he, he has this little plot. He puts it together to get her husband, who's played by Michael McKean, gets him caught in the act of cheating so that he can move on in. Um, so sort of befri- befriends the two children. The family has a daughter and a son. He teaches the son how to beat some ass and, saves the girl from falling in the pool at the same time he's sort of uh you know having an internal struggle with himself because he's a lunatic and when he finally gets turned down by uh, the mother in the house he f- he snaps and shit goes south but like I said i was uh I was actually pleasantly surprised by this from everything i've heard about this movie for years was that it was just i mean people are saying there's a reason it never made it beyond vhs and i was like i had no idea mimi rogers and michael mckean were in this yeah i didn't i, I mean yeah I was, me much, neither. I was sort of just expecting just this un- unbearably bad laughable movie and i was it kept me entertained for the hour and a half it went so what'd you guys think
0: yeah, I'm with you. I in the same boat. like I, I didn't want to shut it off. I, I watched I, I watched it in one setting. Um, but, so and, but I think all of that hinges on the unhinged hinged, uh, G, uh, Gary Busey. like this movie is, is, is the most generic stereotypical 90s suburban story of ever. I mean, all the cliches are there. The husband uh-huh. cheats on the wife. You know, and it's a lifetime movie, man. <laughs> yeah, the, the husband's got a job where he has to wear a tie and a brief and and carries a briefcase. You know, don't know exactly what that job is, but that's that's the job. You know, and like we got and the,
1: he work he works too much, doesn't get to see the kids enough and the wife yep. enough. Yep, yep. Got the
0: you know, got the son and the yeah, um, but, uh, but it's definitely worth it. You know, watching Gary Busey uh, hiding out in the attic, doing his crazy shit. So, um, and you know, maybe Ro- Mimi Rogers is, is nice to look at throughout the movie. In yeah. her mom
1: jeans. Oh, I'm thinking yeah. about
0: her first scene where she's wearing that that short like skirt shorts or whatever. Those legs on that woman. Oh my she's goodness, got some nice stems. Yeah, I. Guys, I
3: I wrote down here. I was just you know considering that it's Gary Busey. It, are you sure that Hider in the house isn't a documentary? <laughs> Is
1: we are on the same page.
3: Um, I, I'm just laughing like when he when he builds that little cubby hole in the attic and he does and he shuts that door and he does that laugh that Gary Busey laugh. I thought I was gonna piss my pants. <laughs> I thought it was so damn funny. I mean, just the the little idiosyncrasies that he does in this in this film that just makes him look crazy. Like he when he's when he's at that restaurant and he's got the butter knife and he's like spinning the butter knife into his cheek. I'm like, who, who does that shit?
4: <laughs> um,
3: he's 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 and I'm pretty sure that he eats this way like when he's at home. I mean, just like he he just the director said, just be yourself, and he's. He's eating like pink snowballs and beans with a fucking rambo
0: knife. <laughs>
4: <I'm
3: just
0: laughs> like, are you fucking kidding me? My my, um, f- my favorite little um, Gary Busey subtle moment was uh well, oh uh, subtle for Gary Busey I guess but uh you know there's that scene there's that scene where he uh, is trying to get the dog to go away and he like sprays the dog in the face with whatever aerosol can it was and I swear the dog's reaction to that was the that was like Gary Busey studied that reaction because that was the same reaction that he gave in his performance when he got sprayed in the face with the bug spray. He looks like a dog that got sprayed in the face by <laughs> by something and was confused by what was going on. So, Speaking
3: of Gary Busey and dogs, have you ever seen his E! True Hollywood story? No, I have not. When- When he well, this uh, I'll I'll keep it short, but I mean, basically, um, he was in the depths of like a very bad coke binge, like in the nineteen eighties. What in the early in the early eighties? Yeah, he was like really coked up, and he spilled the cocaine, and he admits to this on camera. He spills cocaine, but most of it landed on his dog. And he was so, he wanted to get high so bad. He picked up the dog and <laughs> did blow off the side of a dog. I mean, come on, man who, who does who, who does that only but Gary Busey. I mean, when you when you do it off a hooker's ass, you're a rock star. But when you do it off a cocker spaniel, you got a drug problem. <laughs> <laughs> when you do it off a
0: cocker spaniel, you're Gary Busey. Yes,
3: exactly. Uh... But man, I've got like mounts of notes. But I mean, it, here's another thing of craziness. Uh the the neighbor, Bruce Glover. Oh man, he Chris, was
0: cre- he was creepier than Gary Busey. Exactly. And the short Crispin shorts. Glo-
3: he's Crispin Glover's dad. That's oh, not that's, at all
0: surprising. Right. That is his dad. I was like
1: It uh, looks like him.
0: Uh, yeah. I don't know how and, I didn't make the connection at the time. Damn. And he, and to and to tie this all in,
3: um uh he's also the electrocuted guy in the movie Popcorn. The You remember the, the films that they show in the movie Popcorn? Oh
0: yeah, yeah, okay.
3: That is uh, that is also Bruce Glover, so just to tie that together, uh, I had like a mountain of notes on this guy's uh sorry, I'll try to be as quick as I can. Uh the way he grits his teeth when he starts the van, I'm I'm laughing my ass off. Just <laughs> I mean just uh <laughs>
1: Oh man! The uh, scene that made me f- f- uncomfortable was like the first time he comes in the house and he's he's fucking with the bowls on the mantle, and he starts spinning like the big bowl. There's absolutely no reason. Oh right! What, <laughs> what, what what the fuck are you doing? You're gonna break it! And yeah. like, that I'm, was like, like the most tense moment for the movie for me. I'm like, don't what, what stop! Just stop touching things! <laughs> stop fidgeting, you fucking <laughs> lunatic! <laughs> 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 Oh, uh, let's see. He, he, uh, he goes up to the bowls. He's like, "You make these? You make them? Huh? You make them? You, you, you <laughs> think about selling them?"
3: Like, well, who, wrote,
1: who wrote that? Is that is that him like improvising? Because it has to be. There's no way they be. wrote that into the movie. He saw the bulls on the mantle and he made that scene.
3: <laughs> um, he's <laughs> that's awesome. uh it's the, it's some of the stuff, like, when they... I, I felt, like, terrible when uh, they found Rudolph, uh, the dog, in the garden, when, you know,
2: yeah. she,
3: she clips his jaw with that trowel in his mouth. Oh, uh, man, it's, I just felt awful. Um, uh, let's see. And just all the, all the... You know, his monologuing that he does in talking to himself is just creepy. Uh... Another thing that pissed me off uh, with was with this kid. I mean you I repeat, you do not set fire to a rowdy piper or rowdy piper LJN figure regardless <laughs> of how pissed, piss at your dad you are. <laughs> you do not set foot to a warlord LJN figure from 1989. He literally <laughs> burnt $200 right there. Oh so, man. So fuck
0: that kid. So there's the budget um, of the movie, got it. Uh, yeah.
3: Um but okay, in in closing, so I'm 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 getting to my psychological point of my what I usually go into and then I'll shut up and let other people talk. Um I think the film shows that even rich people have really shitty problems, you know, and Busey at first seems like you know he resent he 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 represents the yearning of that perfect American family which he didn't have anything remotely close to, you know he wants like this Norman Rockwell painting but uh and basically the yearning for that is him you know that yearning makes him spiral out of control every 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 family no matter how they portray themselves or how the public views them has problems even major ones. So, I mean, how much you love one another depends on if the family survives or not. Even if the even if uh, divorce is in the cards. So,
0: I love Michael McKeon, but man, he was a douche in this movie. <laughs> yeah, and he was freaking worthless. Even in the big climactic, you know, fight at the end, he he should have just listened to his wife and left the house with the son to get help. But no, he's got to be Mr. Tough Guy and ends up getting his ass handed to him. I mean, the creepy neighbor was more of the hero than than freaking Michael McKeon. Michael McKeon's character is a douchebag. That's totally worthless pile of shit. Um, another great uh, Busey performance uh, that just I just remember too. And in the beginning of the towards the beginning of the film, when he's when he's in that bar or whatever, and he's standing next to that guy with the cigarette, the guy just kind of like almost hits him in the arm with a cigarette, and he just, like does this like super crazy weird twitch thing. He's like, watch that thing! <laughs> you know? I mean, it's there to represent the fact that he used to get burned with cigarettes when he was a child. You know, character, that's a little character development, a little bit of character trait right there. But, <laughs> but his idea of the performance of that is so freaking bonkers batshit crazy. <laughs> that it negates the whole thing. It's awesome.
1: I did a little Googling, and I believe this was filmed before his motorcycle accident, so... What? Well, he he wrecked his motorcycle in 89. This was released in 89, so it had to have been, you know, oh filmed God. before he, he wrecked it. So this was him before a brain accident, like a brain injury.
2: So he's yeah. like, he was always fucked
0: up then. That's crazy.
1: Yeah. Plus,
3: I, I think in this movie, they
1: don't have a very good
3: neighborhood watch. Uh, when Gary Busey is, like, pounding bolts into the side of a house at, like, 3 in the morning or whenever, whenever he's doing it, and <laughs> uh-huh. you just... I think somebody's going to see this, you know, you know very blonde man, you know, laughing
0: maniacally as he's climbing up to an attic. So, Gary's Gary Busey's clever plan to get, you know, the husband and wife separated, because he finds out that that Michael McKeon's cheating on Mimi Rogers, which, you know, you're a fucking idiot. You're married to Mimi Rogers. Oh, man. It is to, like, call her saying that he works in her husband's office to meet him for lunch. She goes to the restaurant to meet him for lunch, where she gets a note saying, meet me at this hotel. She gets to the hotel, and that's where Michael McKeon's hooking up with some with some other lady, and that's where everything falls apart. At what point did Mimi Rogers stop to think, why did he leave a note for me, just for me to show up, show up and find him in bed with another woman? Why would my husband do that? That's pretty cold-blooded shit. That's just at some point the the pieces of the puzzle had to have been conforming for her, the logic of the events of that day. Like why would why would Michael McKeon sell himself out in
2: that moment? Anyway, Jason, you're quiet. Ah, uh, you guys liked this one more than I did. <laughs> I wished I watched it with you guys, cause, <coughs> oh my gosh, this was. Some of the worst acting slash dialogue I've ever heard in my life, and it was not fun for me. Like, I hated it. Well, I hate it, <laughs> but like, it was terrible. Like, it was not in any way good. So, just abuse out of his mind, and all the scenes with him just were so dumb and <laughs> didn't.
1: And, and, and Shine, I just love it. You know, it's just fantastic.
2: Yeah. <sighs> And then <laughs> while Mimi's there acting her ass off, you know, poor girl having to work opposite him. <laughs> I just I just couldn't get past the terrible, terrible dialogue and slash, like you said, probably improvised Busey scenes left and right, oh. which were terrible. Well, but the
1: circus is in town.
2: Right. <laughs> oh.
3: See. I think, I so think bad. Riff Tracks track gold right
2: there. Oh, I thought that when I was watching it. I'm like, this one should have been something else, not a movie I should watch seriously. Because <laughs> it was bad. I couldn't stand Gary Busey at all. But It was at least so way, bad. At least it was short. That
0: helped. Yeah. That's something that I noticed with a few of these movies on this episode. They're freaking short. Love it. <laughs>
3: By the way, uh, any uh, my line of the film is anything that, uh, other than the circus one, but uh, <laughs> I think that the lines that uh, Busey repeats that he hears other people say, and he's like reenacting like a real, you know, like, gotta go, babe, and he kind of gives like right. this little chuckle and as he just walks out of the house, just, yeah, real creepy
0: <laughs> Busey gold, it's just awesome. Oh, I never want to drink milk again out of my refrigerator, knowing that somebody's probably living in my walls and drinking the milk right out of the carton.
1: Mm hmm. Well, I love that uh, Rita comes over and her and Mimi Rogers are gushing over him. Well, if you don't take him, I'll take him. Like, you, you saw him, right? Like, his, <laughs> hair, his hair is just like uh, the He's worst. He's constantly slicking
2: back. back in every shot, constantly <laughs> slicking it back. And he lives in the wall
0: in their attic. He's got to smell like asshole at this point. <laughs> no,
1: he's he using sh- he's using the husband's aftershave and wearing his robe around the house. So. Yeah, uh,
3: and probably dude. brushing his horse teeth with the husband's
0: <laughs> brush with the to- with a toilet brush, maybe <laughs> Be, eh, adequate sizing exactly. <laughs> Yeah, so that's Hyder in the house. No, he's not entertaining in this movie.
1: Oh, no, he you can, sucks. You can you can find this on Vimeo in uh, very nice quality for some reason. You can watch it for free on Vimeo. So if you're if you're um, not listening to Jason's review and want a good laugh, do check that. it out on there.
0: Um, How this get made did an episode on this, and that's it,
1: probably like really good
0: years ago. And yeah, I wanted to I wanted to re listen to it. Um, and I couldn't find it, so sucks.
1: Are they behind a paywall? I think so. Boo.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so that's hiding in the House. What's next? Uh, Andy, what one should we talk about next?
3: Um, well, I'd like to talk about a movie that I've seen at least three or four times, and I absolutely love it. I would love to talk about Housebound.
2: Woo! Yeah, the best one. Go from worst to best. This is good. Now, <laughs>
0: I mentioned before that real quick, and then I'll let you describe the movie, Andy. But I mentioned before how like a lot of the movies had short running times. Like the it's majority of them right. are barely even feature length um, films. But I think like Housebound compensated that in their fucking running time because what was it like over two hours? Hour
2: forty-seven.
0: Oh, I swear! Yeah. All, I, I swear! I thought it said like two, two. Yeah. Anyway, so what is Housebound about?
3: Well, basically, um, Housebound is it's uh, it takes place uh, in New Zealand. It's a New Zealand film, and it's Boy. about this girl <laughs> about this girl named uh, Kylie, and she gets in trouble with the law because she tries to uh, rip off uh, an ATM, which I can only assume is with with her boyfriend and. Uh, which is the caper is hilarious is in and of itself. Oh yeah. Um, but she basically, you know, she's had run into in and out of the law, in and out of the law with you know drugs and stealing and all this and that. So she has to get sent back home to her childhood home, and uh, and she will have a uh, she sends to house arrest. And she has a monitoring uh, ankle device, so she can't really leave the property. So she's, in other words, like the movie says, house-mound. Oh, I and, get it. And um, right, right from the get-go, um, she's she starts to notice that things are really, really weird in the house, uh, just with 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 noises and. Uh, other stuff, I mean, there's, there's so much uh, stuff to list that, that tells you that things are not quite right going on with this house. But the, but the real kicker is uh, she turns on a radio and she hears her mother, you know, kind of talking to what I can only assume is like a paranormal-like uh, investigator on the radio or just kind of telling a story over the radio about the, the house's history he says things haven't been right in this house, you know, for years. I mean, things will, will disappear and then you know, they'll, they'll turn up. I hear, you know, lots of, you know, you know, things that go bump in the night. And then, uh, Kylie, uh, questions her mother, her mother's name is Miriam and she lives with the stepfather, uh, named Graham. And she just goes, "Uh, if I'm supposed to be, you know, rehabilitated, I can't live in here with some whack job that, you know, thinks that there's something crazy, you know, ghosts and stuff. You know, she thinks that's a crock of shit. But it turns out um, she does a little bit more uh, investigating. And the house that they were living in, since she was a little girl, uh, it turned, it, it used to be a halfway house. And, uh, there used to be a lot of, uh, troubled, troubled teens there. And there was actually a murder that took place there, uh, probably around, I think, ninety ninety six, I believe is what it said in the film. And there's, there's so much more stuff in th- this film where she tends to investigate. She, uh, with the guy that monitors her ankle monitor, is brought in because she thinks that there's a ghost down in the cellar. This Kylie starts to believe, you know, and her mother starts snickering in this in this scene's like, you know, the scenes with her mother are just great. I think the mother actually steals the show in this movie because she's just hilarious. Yeah, I think I agree with that. Yeah. Uh but it turns out uh should I should I give spoilers here? Yeah. Okay, uh, it turns out uh, they they suspect the next door neighbor, who's a little bit of an etc. guy. He's kind of like uh, he's kind of like a, I would almost call a hoarder, you know. But he's he's weird. He's out there skinning possums and hanging their skin. I mean, he's just really Definitely creepy.
2: Hillbilly, yeah,
3: yeah. And they suspect that his uh, dental plate might match the uh The marks found on this girl that was murdered there and that that they're investigating, so they think he might be the one that's you know kind of creeping around the house and all this and that but uh it leads he leads that they end up eventually talking to him or he he just basically stumbles upon this uh probation guy that monitors her ankleing device who also happens to be a paranormal investigator, which is hilarious too um Basically, he says, you know, uh, there was a, uh, a kid that I took down, you know, took down around here that disappeared around the same time that this, uh, girl was killed and his name was Eugene. Uh, and basically he could fix anything, but he never really left the house and he was a little, he was a little odd and he eventually, eventually ran away so that they be- they then begin to suspect this Eugene character might be might be living there because this other hillbilly is kind of off the hook now because they just they just don't suspect him anymore okay and all the while this is happening they have more they have a psychologist you know coming in there talking to uh, Kylie every now and then and he eventually gets injured when the lights go out they basically, this guy shoves, like, multiple prongs of this, I believe, uh, quilt rack into uh, this psychologist's anatomy. Eventually, Kylie does, you know, a little bit of uh, rummaging around, and uh, she ends up, knocking a hole in this closet and she starts crawling through there and she finds this Eugene character and he chases her, you know, throughout the house. And she's freaking the hell out and she brings the cops there and eventually they can't find Eugene. They can't find, find him anywhere. So eventually she starts to try and investigate more and more about this girl that had been killed. And long story short, because this is very hard to tell because this movie has got so many twists and turns to to recite. It turns out the psychologist that has been there trying to get Kylie out of the house was the one that actually murdered this girl all those years ago. And uh, Eugene is just a, a weird guy that's living in the house that will just randomly take things and fix them. And I believe the turd is eugen- eugenized and he just, he just lives there. I mean, he eventually will take uh, you know, a little bit of food every now and then he just likes to sit in his, you know, cubby hole that he's, you know, boarded himself away from and just watch TV and pee in a bucket and all this and that. <laughs> uh, but eventually, they uh, end up uh, killing the psychologist and all as well. So the house was never actually haunted, even though they suspected it to be. But all in all, there's uh, there's so much there's so many funny things in this movie that I cannot recommend it enough. But at the same time, it has great legitimate scares in it that you know the they're mostly jump scares but the one-liners in this movie are awesome. I will give you my favorite um uh one-liner for me and there's about there's a ton of them. Uh let's see. Where do I have it uh written down? Uh, uh I believe the, um, yes, here we go. You never know when you're going to need a three-quarter scale Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> because there's, uh, the, the, there's lots of tourists drive through here. Yeah, at warp fucking speed. <coughs> <coughs> Uh, there's there's a very creepy ass uh, kind of like a Teddy Ruxpin esque bear that keeps talking to her in the middle of the night. There's the Hello yeah. Moto techno theme. Oh God, there's there's so much. Yeah, uh, that's
2: one of the things I liked about the movie is the tone shifts quite a bit. I mean, it starts as a ghost yeah. film and then it's not, and that's oh, really cool. It done done really well. And
0: the comedy is, is a oh. bit is a bit uh, different as well uh funny stuff a lot, a lot of real fun. my favorite scene <laughs> i was just laughing my ass off it's earlier on in the film when she's first discovering that there's weird things going on in the house and when she's in the bathroom peeing <laughs> and she hears yeah. the noise so she stops her pee to listen for the noise and the noise stops so she starts peeing again and then the noise starts again so she has to stop herself from peeing oh that was cracking me up the on and on and off again peeing scene so freaking funny um you know she was she was a little bitch i kind of wanted to slap her and what was great is like she eventually got slapped so i'm like hey i got what i wanted awesome
3: exactly (laughs) that that's a great scene i mean the uh when dennis who is the psychologist how's things with your mom she looks like a nice lady and she just replies she's a fucking dick (laughs) 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 oh my god
0: Yeah, Tad. What do you think of this movie?
1: Uh, needed more Busey. No, that's every movie. I thought this was um, very, very great in the strange tone. And um, I'm trying to think. Maybe it reminds me a little bit of what? Man, it's hard to even the loved ones. Maybe a little bit of that really dark humor. Um, I felt like. Uh, it, like 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 Andy said, it just right when you think you have something figured out, it sort of took another turn and another turn. It, Absolutely, th- this whole episode or yeah, this whole episode. I feel like every film tonally is so different with a very loose theme around them. I, I really like that, and this one was it, it makes the humor with the uh, scares very well. It had a lot of super tense scenes, but I laughed probably the most, and especially, definitely intentionally laughed the most in this movie.
4: Yeah, Yeah.
1: the uh, you know the writing was probably the best of the uh, out of all the movies we watched. It just, of course, it's the newest, and I don't know. It, It was. It was really enjoyable. I had not seen this before, so it was the first time watch. Oh, awesome. awesome! I had no idea. I did not watch any trailers. I've seen the poster before. I but I didn't. I didn't realize that until I had watched it and sort of you know googled it and said, "Oh, I've seen that poster," and I guess I'd never really got around to watching it until now. So, good movie.
3: I I saw this at a film festival and it won uh, the award like audience favorite nice. for um, in Mile High. I'd, there's, I mean, there's so many scenes. I mean, like even even you know the character of Graham, the the stepfather in this, you barely see him at all. But you 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 really really like the guy, and um, even for what little you see him, you feel bad for what happens to him yep, because yeah. he's such a so- he's such a soft spoken sweetheart of a guy. I mean the scene where they're trying to glue that statue together, and she goes and he says, "Sorry, I'm not much of a conversationalist." It's like you're like, "No, no (laughs) no shit." (laughs) (laughs) And and they're gluing it together, and she's like really reluctant to help him to begin with. And she says, "How long does it take?" And they're like, "Damn near nose to nose," where they have to hold this thing. And he says, (laughs) "He says ten minutes." (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. And then it was, you know, it just my my heart just sank when he got s- stabbed with those garden shears. I was yeah, just like, oh, no, no,
0: no.
3: please don't die. Which no,
0: thankfully he doesn't. But. Yeah, yeah. Another one of my favorite scenes I thought was really funny. You mentioned the 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 teddy the teddy bear earlier. That first scene where she fights the teddy bear in her bedroom, and it's hilarious because the bear it's not a Chucky doll. It's not fighting back. She's just having this fight with this bear. All it's doing is talking. It's not. It's not really doing anything else. And I just and she's slamming it in the dresser drawer and everything.
2: And so I thought it was great, Jason. Yeah, for me, like the. Uh, I mean, a lot of it. Maybe this is bad, but just the accent alone makes it so much funnier to me. I just love hearing that New Zealand accent. Uh, yeah, it makes it drier and wittier, and just so funny to me. And I think Mom's my favorite character. She's so oh, funny, She's such a sweetie, and so funny.
3: Just, and her facial expressions are just gold. Yeah, they're hilarious. Uh, this may be the first movie to have a showdown with a cheese grater and a xylophone. Right. Which is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh the the sw- when he's got the clothes basket on his head, and I love the fact that he takes the time to put safety goggles and earmuffs on before he tries to saw through the bathroom door. <laughs> with that, so he t- he took the time to put safety equipment on. Wait, who the hell does
2: that? Um, oh man, when he's like, I I know a good place to hide, and then he <coughs> puts a blanket over himself and just stands there. Oh my god, I fucking <laughs> laugh so hard. <laughs>
3: the the line that the, the psychologist uses, he just goes, well, are women with, you know, multiple personalities, they also have more menstrual cycles. And the mom just goes, well, that explains a lot. You know what side I'm talking about? He's, he's ba- Well, the psychologist is talking to Kylie and saying, you know, it's like, how many times have you had your menstrual cycle? And, you know, you might have multiple personalities because they uh, tend oh, to yeah. have different... Each character has different cycles. You know, so it basically means she's constantly on her period and the mom just goes, Well, that explain that would explain a lot. <laughs> mom.
0: Yeah, good movie. Good movie.
3: Yeah, yeah. I, I I couldn't recommend that more to anybody. That's it's 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 probably one of my favorite, you know, newer movies within the past, you know, four years. Just the whole uh, it mixes the comedy and horror genre just so well. It's, they, they hit it out of the park,
0: in my opinion. I think it's great. For sure, absolutely. Now, Jason, what's the next movie we're going to talk about?
2: Well, I thought it'd be fun to talk about Bad Ronald.
0: All right. What's Bad Ronald about?
2: Well, it's a movie um from 1974 <laughs> a a perverted teenage boy who lives in the walls of a house finds the house sold to a family after his mother dies and he falls for one of the new residents and that and i read yeah. that before and then uh i saw i think i might have watched the trailer you know so but then like that doesn't happen for at least half the movie uh, yeah That's it near- takes
0: forever in a movie that is like an hour and 20 minutes long.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. it's that.
0: Uh, I, I'll, I'm just going to, before you get into any more, Jason, I'm just going to say right now, this is my least favorite
2: of the movies. Really? Yeah. Oh, this one's so much better than Hyder in the House. Well, Hire in the House has a... No, it doesn't <laughs> have any humorous qualities. Now I can see oh. that it does, but
0: yeah and ben ronald doesn't it's just like oh i like the kid kid's okay but like really nothing happens and and it just takes forever and like i was i was excited because that scene where he kills the girl that causes him to go hiding in the walls in the first place when when she falls backwards and hits that cement block i'm like oh shit that looked good Uh that looked really good Uh that like made me cringe and then but and then just like just completely falls apart and not even Damney Coleman can save the movie at from that <laughs> at that point. For me. Yeah. She kinda
3: yeah, the the little girl kinda went out like Johnny did at uh Night of the Living Dead.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but but it looked that effect of that little girl hitting that cement block looked better than the kick ass um 1999 living Ted with bill mosley's dummy hitting the hitting the uh cemetery yeah. <laughs> tombstone <coughs> i
3: i will i will say this uh jason before i let you continue he ronald asked the girl out on a date and he wants to go to a double feature now, keep in mind, this is 1974. Hopefully, he's either going to s- go see Black Christmas or the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That, you know.
2: <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's obviously a super low-budget film. <laughs> um, I don't know. I like the kid. The mom was kind of annoying, but she's supposed to be. And Which, which yeah. mom? Uh, his- Ronald's mom? Yeah. Okay. Well, and luckily she's not in the movie that much. Yeah, like her—we s- her solution to everything is just like you still make him guilty, you know. Yeah. Like, <laughs> is this a really good solution? But so we yeah.
3: need to keep in mind this is this was a made-for-TV movie back in 1974. So. I thought so because wasn't
0: there moments of like you know fade the black look like for the commercial? Yeah, right. Yeah.
1: I have a soft spot just for films of this era, just the way they look and feel, mm-hmm.
3: um, the, clo- I agree.
1: the clothes and the just the film stock and the, you know, cinematography. Everything it just it it locks in a certain time era that I it just makes me sort of feel warm and fuzzy. That's even what I though to say, it has a warmth to it, you know. Yeah, and you know, as as sort of like Mike was saying, nothing really. It sort of builds up to nothing. It still had like some moments where it had you wondering i guess they don't pay off in the end but overall like i like ronald and i you sort of sympathize with them because you know it's it's sort of like in a way we we talked about you know like super dark times it's like you could see yourself you know he, he was getting picked on and he defended himself and he ended up killing the girl and then he just snowballed from there he didn't know what to do you know, goes home and he's very Norman Bates. Goes to mom, doesn't know what to do. She mm-hmm. babies him, hides him, and shit just keeps getting worse and worse. That the the thing I really hated was that the nosy neighbor, not because she was nosy, but that actress was like so over the top and yeah. stupid. Like she might have she might have <laughs> put you know Gary Busey out of a job. She's just so <laughs> right, right. It's looking through looking through the windows. It was like you know, yeah, just a, it was like she was. You know, they might as well have drawn her in like, um, you know, Bugs Bunny style or something. She's just so animated and over the top, overacting.
2: Like, ugh, the but, worst. But that scene where she sees him, I thought that was tense as shit with the music oh, yeah. change. I was like, oh fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like yeah,
1: now what? He has to kill her, you know. And then yep. she. Died. But that that was another scene that sort of pissed me off. She <laughs> died naturally. Just go back in the wall, you know.
0: Yeah. He yeah. didn't have
1: to go all the way out there and risk it. Because I'm. In sort of all these movies, you sort of freak out. Like, whenever they leave their little hidey holes and they can get caught, that's always the big. Um, to me, the most tense part is, you know, someone could walk in at any time and, you know, he has to get out and get food and do what he's got to do. But it's like, you know, when she, when she crashed and burned, I'm like, just go back in the wall. Someone will find her and think that she died of a heart attack. She shouldn't have been there anyways. But she has no. You know no signs of being hit, no signs of anything they would just find out she had a heart attack and died.
3: yeah, well, one thing that I notice about this this kid it's in nineteen seventy four he's he's a little he's a little socially awkward and he's a little bit a nerd you know and he he's into illustrations and doing this stuff, but now I think he him as a person would be you know maybe he's not gonna be a jock or anything, but he'd be a lot more accepted now in terms of you know because it's like it's almost cooler to be a nerd now with all the conventions and all you know because he's into illustrations it's like he was like a victim of being born in the wrong time
1: yeah he'd uh, be on this podcast now
3: exactly <laughs> um but you know another thing that i thought this kid eats really fucking weird He oh nibbles like a fucking rabbit he just—I oh, mean—the way yeah. he chocolate, the way he eat—you uh, know—ate that apple. I'm just like, take a bite out of the thing for Christ's sake! You're just like you're, you're like a hamster for crying out loud. Just weird. Eats just really odd. Yeah, of course that helps. Yeah. That helps with the weirdness of it. I mean, oh, Ronald, Atlanta. Just uh, don't did you find it odd that okay Dabney Coleman, the dad that moved to the house family he's talking to his wife his wife is is, is in bed okay first of all, who does sit ups before they go to bed you know he's doing like calisthenics in his pajamas and he's drinking beer mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like drinking beer doing sit ups before he goes to bed this uh, that's got to be the oddest damn routine I've ever seen in my life.
0: <laughs> Yeah, all these all these movies tonight have like a moment where this isn't how human beings actually act. I've got I've got notes for that. for The last movie we're gonna talk about.
2: Uh, Jason, do you have anything else about, that about uh, that? Um, Yeah, I, I, well, I was just gonna make not make fun, but it's a it's one of the worst posters I've ever seen in my life. Not a fan of the poster yeah. art
0: least the one that's on IMDb, anyway. Yeah,
2: I think that's what it was when I was really? looking it up. But
0: yeah, that's bad. I don't know, Ronald. It's,
2: I thought it was a much uh, <laughs> sweeter, sweeter film that was. I don't know. You could get into, but there's nothing super wrong with it. But but other than <coughs> it's a little anticlimactic, and or yeah. it's not. I mean, this. St- I mean, the stakes are high, but it just doesn't.
3: I don't know. Yeah. I
2: well, will
3: I will say this. Uh four women and one bathroom is actually scarier than the film's whole presence. <laughs>
0: that's
3: that that would be just if I was Dabney Coleman I'd
0: be like I'm fucking leaving, dude. This is just I'm gone. Yeah, that's 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 the biggest mistake of the whole the whole thing, moving into a house with one bathroom. Um I agree with Tad though. I I I love movies from the '70s as well, with and the, just the look and the feel of them. They, they always have kind of like a you know more earth tones, and and not just the wardrobe or set design or whatever, but the film stock alone always seemed to have more like more oranges and browns and stuff. And you know, and I thought it was always just me because you know I grew up in it's- the '70s, but. <laughs> so I always thought like watching movies of the '70s was a nostalgic thing for me, but it's good to know that uh, you youngins can appreciate it too. So, so is that it for Bad or Wrong?
1: I think that's it. That's See, all I got. Yeah,
0: I'm See, not sure where you can watch problem. it. It's
2: just like what? I'm not sure where you can watch it.
0: It's a, it is a hard film to find because I've heard of it before mm-hmm. and I always wanted to check it out, and I've never been able to find it. So. I got a DVD. I I think you can get it on Amazon. Oh, okay. Cool. One movie to go. I'll uh I'll introduce this one. And that is um one the one I was most excited to watch for this one and that is Crawl Space from 1980 jason can't type fast enough six, six. 86 um oh and i just blanked on the director's name
2: david schmoller, david our, pal, schmoller
0: our, our buddy we were uh, at a uh at hot springs horror film festival years ago we were on a pan- uh, director's panel with him so um so now obviously we never actually talked to him but now he's our friend uh <laughs> starring klaus kinski that's a whole thing um uh, it's uh, and I never realized it was an Empire Pictures
2: release. Oh, right. no, I didn't Neither either. Did
3: yeah. I, I that I for I own the tape, and I just never put that together. I was that was kind of a surprise
0: to me as well. And all in all, like, there's moments of this movie that I feel also. Yeah, Maybe just my attention span just keeps getting shorter and shorter, but. Uh, for the length of this movie, this I think this is the shortest one out of all the movies, right? What was it, like 30 minutes long?
2: <laughs> Same as... <laughs> it was, yeah. Bad Ronald was an uh, uh, hour 17. This was an hour 20. Oh, it was longer than Bad Ronald. Well,
0: there were still some, there were still some moments that I'm like, let's get on with it already, right?
2: Uh-huh.
0: <coughs> but I love, like, klaus's contraptions and like the, the you know the uh, the devices he uses when he's killing people and stuff and all the stuff with the rats and and the the, the nazi imagery and crawling in and out you know the the chase my favorite chase scene in cinema history of klaus kinsey chasing a woman through air ducts for like five minutes and the you're shaking your head at this i'm having a feeling you're not you didn't like this one no either. it's
2: it's fine it's fine
3: and he's got, like, that little body roller board that he gets on that was just... Uh-huh. I love that.
0: Yeah, me too. So, oh, I guess I should say the plot, right? So, basically, this this uh, there's, an, there's a, a, an apartment for rent in this apartment building because Klaus Kinski just killed the uh, previous tenant. And that's no spoilers because that's the first scene of the movie. The first scene of the movie starts off as an end of the movie. So, uh you know, he kills this woman, and now there's this uh, apartment for rent, so this other lady comes in, rents the apartment, but, you know, there's a lot of strange characters in this apartment building. And Klaus Kinski is the landlord, and it's very people under the stairs with all his crazy contraptions and shit, Where he, um, and then he just uh, eventually goes full-on Nazi and just, start, you know, starts killing everybody. The end. So... <laughs> What did you? What did you think of Crawlspace, Tad?
1: Um, I I had not heur- really heard of this one, and well, I remember seeing some images and stuff, but it was it was entertaining um, in the other way of the Busey one, where he's crazy, but it's not so funny. Where it's just sort of like I don't know, I, he makes me uncomfortable sometimes.
0: Oh yeah, um, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's Klaus Kinski mm-hmm. right there. That's a and perfect then, description
1: yeah and then you know you you start to read up a little bit about it and I, I posted the little uh, nine minute short about this one. I don't know if any of you had seen we, it or we've seen it, it before yeah. yeah, we've seen
0: it before because um I, I don't think it, I have it played it played I think at the very first trauma dance ever yeah and it was on their best of trauma Dance DVD volume one and that was my first experience with crawl space was this short film and ever since that short film which is basically the uh, a talking head documentary of the, d- the director bitching about working with Klaus Kinski. Um, and ever since that short film, I really always wanted to see Crawl Space, just, you know, because it's just... The premise sounded cool, and then just the fact that Klaus Kinski's batshit crazy on-screen and off-screen, so... Yeah, the
1: short is called Please Kill Mr. Kinski, and it's basically, yeah, like you said, the director talking and telling stories about the making of the movie, which is sort of like um, the disaster artist where it's almost as bizarre or more bizarre than the movie itself, yeah. because at one point a producer on the film they're they're having such big struggles making the film suggests as a real solution is to actually murder him and collect the <laughs> insurance and, and collect the insurance money because it would be easier and more profitable <laughs> wow. and and so he has to talk them out of murdering him and so in a way the director feels like he saved Kinski's life and so for the rest of the movie filming it he sort of has a chip on his shoulder like he owes him something even though Claus does not even know that the plan there was a plan to murder him <laughs> yep
0: um, and I think, I think that has a lot to do with the running time I think they just eventually just gave up and stopped filming <laughs> And that's why it's such a short running time. Because there's moments in this movie it feels like we're missing things, we're missing information. But I I agree there. It seemed like uh
3: tor- towards the end, you know, when it's it's everything's kinda going nuts while this I believe Lori is trying to get away from him. She keeps stumbling onto just these murder scenes. It's just like you 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 know that uh, Carl Gunther or Klaus Kinski did them of course but they just it was just like okay this is this is how they died you know it's just, it's left to your imagination there's I mean there's a it's all payoff and no setup you know I was just like well it, it would have been nicer to uh, you know maybe see him do, do at least one of these instead of just okay you know this one's dead. Mm, this one's dead
0: yeah uh, yeah that's a good point all the kills are off screen i think well pretty much all the all the kills are off screen and and there's no other than the fact that they you get the you know they basically tell you that he was once a nazi there's no other explanation for any of his motivation in the in the movie you know, not that I need things overly explained or anything, but this is a guy who has a woman kept in a ca- kept in like a small animal cage up in the attic. Um, he has jars with eyeballs and tongues in them. Why why is he doing this stuff? And at, and at what point did he decide just to kill everybody? And what was the motivation for just killing everybody in the apartment building? All to hunt down this last new tenant or whatever? I don't, you know, just I don't know. It just feels like we were missing, missing things.
3: It's yeah. He doesn't. Re- there's no. I mean, of course, he's crazy, but there's no real rhyme or reason why he's actually doing things. I mean, he's chronicling his madness in a journal, but at the same time, you have these cutscenes after he does something terrible. He's trying to kill himself. He's like playing Russian roulette. It's 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 hard to make sense. You know the way they. They shift back and forth like that uh, this this Joseph Steiners also character he seems pretty reserved towards this Carl Gunther when he suspects that he killed his brother he kind of talks to him just like you know like we're having the our, our conversation that we're having now yeah I'm sorry if somebody killed my brother I'd be you know I I'd, I'd be through talking
0: yeah yeah. I'll tell you it's probably one of the scariest movies I've ever made cuz I know if I looked out my window and saw Klaus Kinski staring back in at me, <laughs> I would be shitting my pants. So Yeah. With like eyeliner and makeup on, and lipstick on, too. Oh, That's I, Oh, that was in my notes. Uh so there there's that scene where he's putting makeup on, right? And I'm th- and I think to myself, if they ever did make The Dark Knight Returns as a movie, where <laughs> where, you know, Batman is, is, you know, an elderly, not elderly, but, like, an older man, and, you know, all these characters are are old, Um, he would have been a great Joker, but then I thought, like, I don't know if I've ever seen a Klaus Kinski performance where there's any fun in his madness, you know what I mean? And there's got to be a hint of fun, you know, Joker, the Joker could be super dark and disturbing and scary, all, all, you know, you know, that's great but i i still feel there has to be a sense of fun behind it all mm. whether whether that it's sick and twisted or not and there's there's no fun in klaus kinski's insanity so and yeah, maybe he do would any, not to be a good joker do you any
3: do you, do you guys know if that guy's still alive is klaus kinski still alive oh he's got to be dead
0: We uh-huh. are we're checking right now but uh you know he's
2: 91. Okay. Oh.
3: So now I mean we're talking 5 years after this was made. He's he's gone. Yeah. Wow. Okay.
2: So yeah, uh yeah, it's the the movie's fine, but it's the the kin- the Klaus the Klaus effect. <laughs> it's so it's just so fucked. I mean, it's the same with the Busey. It's like I I can't none. I mean it it leaves reality <clears throat> when those two guys are on screen because they not, should have done a buddy cop movie. Together. They're not normal people. <laughs> yeah, buddy yeah. cop would have been better. Yeah, they're not normal people because the, their reactions. To thi- I mean. Being eccentric and weird is one thing, but, I don't know, it it just takes me out a bit when you're just like, your left turn takes a left turn, and,
0: Well, don't you think it's a little more forgiving in this film than Jack Busey?
2: Absolutely. Because that's the character. Uh Uh-huh, yeah. He's off his rocker for sure, for sure. Yeah. His decisions that he makes fit, Better, way better than Busey's. But I mean, we're talking full on,
0: you know, like some of the sickest serial killers in our own history. That's that's the the level we're talking with Klaus's character in this.
3: On a side note, gentlemen, uh, did, did you guys notice that John Carl Beakler did the special effects on this film as well? I, I did notice
0: that. Yes, I did. Of course, you know he was he was a staple of. of you know, um Empire Pictures at that time, like mm-hmm. he was like the go to guy for effects for um Charles Band okay. back in the day, so so it made sense, you know but and there was some good gore in this movie too, so mm-hmm. <coughs> yeah, so is that it that that uh, that's it for call space, yep, all right, fair enough. Uh, how about some honorable mentions? What other movies do you, you guys think of when it comes to uh, um, unwanted people in your home?
2: People Under the Stairs? Yep, that's <laughs> right, one that springs
0: yeah. to mind for sure.
3: Yeah, I, well, I, I, I'm i having trouble here because I don't want to confuse um, unwanted guests between uh home invasions you know because that's like that to me that's different you know because i mean if you don't you know you don't know that somebody's actually there and and watching you uh
0: i may have to pass this off to someone else because i need to think um well one that i one that i had which mentioning it alone with this topic is a spoiler for the movie so warn you on that but uh i really liked the boy Yep. Yeah,
2: that's on there because it, it's it's kind of like uh, the other one or like Housebound. It starts as a ghost movie and yeah, mm. ends up not so much. But it ends
0: up being you know, some, it's a
2: pretty good movie.
0: Yeah, I I really liked it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tad, do you have any honorable mentions?
1: I don't. I I can't really think of anything. You know, the obvious ones. I mean, I guess you could say um, Black Christmas. You know. Yep.
0: that's a great yep. one that's a that is a good one because he is in that house the whole time yeah so
1: yeah and i mean f- fuck man like that that's a right up there in top 10 horror movies i fucking love that one
0: so you and me both sir that's that, that warms my heart to hear you say that just, just <laughs> he, hearing that guy's
3: uh the way he talks on the phone just that garble oh. that's that's just that 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 gave me. It gives me chills to this day. Just his voice on the phone. Ditto. You know, from um Now Those... that I think about it, uh, the 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 call is coming from in the house. Uh, the stranger in the house uh, with Carol Kane.
0: Uh, when, a str- one. when a stranger calls.
3: Dad. Yes. Thank you. Sorry. sorry. Yeah. When a stranger calls. That's a, that's another one because she doesn't. Well, she originally she does not know that he's upstairs. You know, ripping apart children.
1: <laughs> but. <laughs>
0: Why did I laugh at that? <laughs> <laughs> Any others? From anybody? Cool. Alright. So, yeah. we uh, That wraps it up for um, weird-ass people in our houses. Unknown uh, guests. We're going <laughs> <A no> to <laughs> <guess. laughs> take a break and when we come back it'll be segments time here on Attack of the Killer podcast. We'll be right back. We promise.
3: You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal, providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening.
0: Told you that we'd be right back. <laughs> and it's now time for segments on the Tack of the Killer podcast. We're going to start off, as we always do, with everyone's favorite. That's right. Shoutouts! It's time for shoutouts! Shoutouts! Shoutouts!
4: Shoutouts! Shoutouts!
2: Shout All right, we just uh, asked, "What's your favorite movie?" with an unknown guest in a house or wherever, and these are your shoutouts <laughs> on Facebook page. Um, we have up first Emily Kraus. Says Black Christmas, the original. It's the one. It's the one. Uh, Then we got Noah Schmitz says, That time M. Night Shyamalan was in every one of his movies. (laughs) Boo, Noah. Terrible answer. (laughs) As as funny as it is. Is he your friend, Ted? He's got to be.
1: Oh, one of my best friends. I I didn't even see that comment, so that's hilarious.
2: (laughs) Damn it. And then we got uh Stuart L. McGowan says the original Thirteen Ghosts movie. I suppose that counts. William Castle. Classic. And then uh lastly on our Facebook page, yeah, not a lot of comments because like we couldn't even think of a lot of shout outs either. There's, or a lot of honorable mentions. Just it's a smaller but deadlier topic uh mike reeb our buddy mike reeb mark he says black christmas and house by the cemetery uh, that's uh,
3: the the faulty one where the 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 weird thing is in the basement
2: isn't it i think so i don't think i've well, seen that's, it you think
3: i i've only seen bits and pieces of it but i think i think that's the one
2: awesome and then over on our Facebook group, that's right, we have a Facebook group, and we got Brian McNeil says, Beetlejuice, and What Lies Beneath? Mhm. And then our pal Tim Lennerer from the Fiasco Brothers Watch a Movie, also on the PFPN, he says, it's a little bit of a stretch, but eyes without a face has a horribly scarred accident victim who is more or less a ghost haunting her own existence.
4: Hmm. Yeah.
3: Isn't that a Billy Joel song? I mean, uh, <laughs> Billy Idol song? <laughs> Billy
2: Wild Joel. Wow. Fighters. Yeah, I think that's where the song came from. Uh, it was a theme song for the movie. Just kidding. There you go. All right, and then over on uh, Twitter, we had uh, one comment uh, from Matthew Clay. He's our pal. Um, he's scored a bunch of uh, the PF movies. But he says, uh, he's so Matt, at Matt, M-A-T-T-U, Clay. He says, I hate horror movies. The only one I ever watched is the one you guys made me watch. It was not good. Thanks, Matt. That was a really good comment. You <laughs> jerk face. No, but by, he's absolutely not a horror movie guy at all. And then we, I can't remember... I think we made him watch the original Friday 13th for one of our movies, and it, I think, fucked him up pretty good. It was awesome, because he just had no horror background at all, and it just, and a grown-ass man, and it scared shit out of him, so it was kind of awesome. So he gives me shit as much as he can um, after that. And we didn't have anything over on Instagram, but, uh, Don't forget that uh, you can call in anytime and leave us your comments. You can call 415-952-6857 or 415-95-AOTKP. Leave us your comments. We'll play it on the show, good or bad. Even See even Matt's comment that's not good. We'll (laughs) we'll say it because we like comments. So, yeah, give us a call, leave us a voicemail. Anyway, that's shout-outs. This is uh, part
3: of the podcast where Mike talks and you listen and you enjoy it and it'll be fun, Mike.
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh.
0: <laughs> Thank you for that.) Uh. <laughs> intro <clears throat> <laughs> all right so for the saints picks which is the name of I, the segment by the way
3: uh <laughs> I, I was i was practicing it while you were while you were gone
2: <laughs> oh you could tell <laughs> that was his best one you should have heard the others <laughs>
0: oh, oh, i don't know if i should have um so anyway so saints picks for this episode we're gonna go go in the way back machine to 1991 a little movie called *The Boneyard*. That's right. Uh, I just recently, amazingly, I've always, I've, I've never seen this movie until I just recently found uh, the Blu-ray release of it. And I know it, it just got a new Blu-ray release. I think from, I want to say Shout Factory. I don't know if that's right. Um, and I had it in my uh, Amazon Queue forever, but I found the original, like a Code Red Blu-ray release at some secondhand store unopened for 99 cents. So I'm like, "Hell yeah, I don't need the new fancy one. I'll I'm I'll, I'll settle for this." Um and it was everything I ever thought it would be. I was I was uh, pretty happy with the movie. Now it has a ten- it, I feel it's a little bit slow starting off, which apparently is the theme of my reviews of this entire episode. <laughs> <laughs> um I don't know what's going on with that. I just think every movie's slow. But this one does actually start off uh, pretty slow. It's definitely got a lot of weird tones to this movie. Uh, it gets kind of dark at some points, but yet it has some crazy, over-the-top comedy, like uh, reality-breaking comedy in it. Um, but basically, these kids turned into these zombies. They attacked this coroner's office building. Um... This like uh, like washed up bitter psychic, and a cop and two coroners, one played by Three's Companies Norman Fell, by the way, uh, try to stop these zombie kids before they get out of the building. Um, so um, again, it's slow because it starts off really matter of fact and is really procedural about like the coroner's building. It goes, it sets up all this expedition of the rules. And of, of like, uh, you know, you can't do this in the building, and, and it's like this and that, and, and the person that gives us most of this exposition is um, the only thing that really keeps, that kept me going through the whole first part of the movie, and that's Phyllis Diller. Um, and honestly, she was, like, the one thing that made the whole first half of the movie interesting as she plays the mean old bitch who runs the coroner's office. And but it's not your typical Phyllis, you know, like stand-up comedy Phyllis Diller. She's not wearing a wig, when so, and she's got this receding ha- hairline that makes me look like a member of ZZ Top. Um, <laughs> and uh, and and she's very out of character. Uh, she's not like doing her, stip, her typical like comedy laugh and all that stuff. She's extremely deadpanned and quite the bitch in the movie. Uh, the effects are amazing they get really batshit crazy where one moment phyllis diller's poodle turns into this monstrous were poodle and attacks everybody and even diller herself turns into this like monster with this bulging eyes that looks like it was designed by big daddy roth so um <laughs> and that's what really carries the movie more than anything else is the amazing effects in it the zombie children Look cool and they're creepy as f, um, you know. So and it's but it's just got a weird tone with some weird comedy. Just seeing, <coughs> just seeing a giant poodle monster, you know. That other than in Angley's Hulk, you're like, what? What? What, why, what am I watching? So, um, so if you can find this movie, well, again, like I said, it should be easy to find because uh, um, I believe a Shout Factory just did a nice new blue release, Blu-ray release of it. So I would, I, I would highly recommend checking it out. It was a lot of fun. So happy I finally got to see it after all these years. And that is The Boneyard. And
4: Boneyard. That,
0: yeah. The Boner Yard. <laughs> and that is this episode of Attack of the Killer podcast. It was a good one. It's yeah. fun.
3: It feels, Yay. Like, feels yeah. like we breezed
0: right through it, though.
3: Kind of, well, I mean, the movies were
0: short as well, so... That, that's the yeah. problem. We picked some short films for this one.
1: But our short film episode was longer than this one. <laughs> yep, that's true. <laughs> that's a good
0: point. That's mm-hmm. weird. So, yeah, I want to thank everybody out there for listening. This is why we do it for you guys out there. I want to thank our Patreon supporters for donating to the show, supporting thank the you, show. Thank you, thank you. And uh, also thanks to Shudder for being a sponsor of the show. Shut thank you thank you all the other amazing podcasts on the pfpn network check your attic yes that's right yes check your attic it's you you laugh but you hear these stories of like that of that shit actually happening it's crazy well yeah
3: i mean there's guys you know there's there's have been cases of guys (laughs) up in your attic you know just Probably watching your old lady, you know, take a shower, and while they're, you know, pooping and peeing in a five-gallon bucket up there, it's
0: crazy. It's kind of, it's really kind of scary. The more you think about it. Mm Mm-hmm. That's right. So, so yeah. Thanks again for listening. We will see you all on the next episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast.
2: Oh no! Could this be the end of Attack of the Killer
4: Podcast? Attack.